big announcements are often done in big ways. And yet God chose to make a big announcement in a rather quiet way. The birth of Christ with nobody even knowing until the angels told the shepherds. The angels couldn't keep quiet, but that entrance into this world was a quiet one, certainly by standards of what we do today. I mean, have you watched the videos of the gender reveal parties and all kinds of things that happen? The best ones are the ones that don't go well, by the way. But to also understand the entrance into this world, the anticipation of a baby, especially the first one coming into a world, it's remarkable that this was so quiet, and yet it changed history. The timeline of history is divided by his birth. Before Christ and after. That doesn't sound quiet, but on that night it was. We've been looking at the Christmas story Each week taking a look at a different aspect and with the Advent wreath lighting the different candles, the candle of understanding of hope because of the Savior coming to the world as prophesied long ago. Also the fact that because he was coming we could have peace knowing that what we see now is not all there is. There is so much more coming. And also, because he's coming, we can have joy, even in the midst of difficulty and suffering. And all of it was done because of love, for God so loved. But today, we light the final candle. It's the Jesus candle. It's what this whole thing is about. That's why it's in the center, just like he should be the center of our life. And it's why everything else surrounds that, the hope the peace, the joy, and the love of who he is. A Christmas story. We've been looking at this each week and looking at a different character in the Christmas story and how their view of Christmas was and what we can learn from it. We started with Mary. We had to. I mean, a teenage girl engaged and understanding, as we've said each week, that that engagement was a legally binding contract. To break an engagement meant it required a divorce. So you couldn't just say we're done or see ya or ghost them online. It was a serious business. Here she was engaged and she was a virgin and she was going to be with child. And she naturally said, how? The child was to be God's child. Her view and especially summed up In Luke 1, where she simply gave herself to God and said, your will be done. And Joseph, her fiance, and to find out that though he had not been with her, she was pregnant. He planned to end the engagement, but being a righteous guy, he was going to do it quietly, not to do any shame on her until the angel spoke to him. And said, don't worry. She's not been unfaithful to you. This is God's child. This is God's plan. And he then took her to be his wife. And they raised Jesus. 
Now just pause for a second and reflect on being a parent for the first time. And everybody thinks their child is special, especially the grandparents. But imagine if the child really is special. This is God's son. No pressure. Raising God's only son. And then there was Herod, the surprise in the story. We never look at Herod in the Christmas story, except briefly in the little kids' programs. But Herod was the one who showed us what not to do. He was the antagonist. And one of the things he definitely showed us what not to do is not to know who Jesus is and not to pursue him. It's interesting that the week we looked at Herod was the week we lit the candle of joy because Herod was anything but joyful and he created misery. He was, as we said that week, an evil dude. So basically that message was don't be like him. And then last week we looked at the shepherds, my favorite characters in the story. The unlikely of all, the least among them, the career of being a shepherd was not one that the counselors in school encouraged kids to go into. It was looked down upon. It was necessary, but it was looked down upon. They had no social standing. In fact, they had no legal standing, couldn't give legal testimony in a court of law. And yet, they're the ones who got the first invitation to see Jesus. And more importantly, they followed the invitation right to Jesus, celebrating and showing us that this message is for everyone, which brings us to Jesus. If you have your Bibles or your Bible on your devices, I invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 1, or excuse me, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. I'm reading from the English Standard Version says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David. And went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time gave, came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born. Make sure you hear that. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was 
(laughs) with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. For unto you is born a Savior. Good news of great joy. That Christmas, there were many who ignored the birth of Christ, weren't even aware of it. And those who were told about it, Herod and the priests surrounding them, refused to acknowledge him or go look for him even. That Christmas, he was forced into some lowly places. I mean, the first bed was a feeding trough for the animals. No room in people's lives for him. They missed this life-changing opportunity that Christmas. They just went on with their lives, ignoring the salvation offered. Which brings us to this Christmas. Many ways, things haven't changed. Many people still ignore him. Many people still don't have room for him. Many people aren't even noticing him. And many who know simply choose to do their own thing. But it's a life-changing opportunity. The question is, what will you do with Jesus? So what was his view? What can we gather from this story with Jesus and understanding why he came? The first thing I want you to notice is that he came to be with you and me. He came to be with us. His purpose in entering this world was to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Not God far from us. Not God looking down on us. God with us. That's an amazing realization. I mean, there are a lot of people who know us who don't want to be with us, and God knows us better than anyone and chose to come and live with us, to be with us. What a concept. What a realization to understand that his purpose was to come and be with us. Now that Christmas, only a few joined with him. I mean, Mary and Joseph were there, the critters, and the shepherds. Other people were nearby, but they weren't with him. See, what I have to ask you this morning is whether or not you're with him. Will you join with him? 
gathering together. Not everybody who's in the same crowd is with each other, are they? Anybody go shopping this Christmas season? There were a lot of people there, but you weren't with them. They weren't with you. In fact, they kind of wished you'd get out of the way. And they certainly wish that you wouldn't have parked where you did because they wanted to park there. But God came to be with us. The question is, if you are with him. Secondly, Jesus came to save us, came for our salvation. Chapter 2 of Luke, verses 10 and 11. The angel giving the message to the shepherd said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior, one bringing salvation. In fact, the name Jesus comes somewhat from an Old Testament name, Joshua. This is somewhat, what do they call it, a transliteration of that. Not the same, but it means anointed one, one coming to save. So every time they said his name, it was pointing us to salvation. Every time you say the name of Jesus, it should be pointing people to the salvation that he brings. Now, sometimes people hear that, that he came to save them, and they go, save me from what? I'm doing fine. Well, he came to save us, our souls. He came to save us from ourselves. He came to save us for eternity. The light and the gift of salvation wrapped up in that little bundle at that time, but we know that he didn't stay a baby. Last Sunday when the little ones were up here and Away in a Manger was being sung by some adults trying to get the kids to sing Away in a Manger while they were holding those little babies wrapped up in cloth. And they so very carefully laid them in the manger. I can never watch that the same since one year at one of the churches I was pastoring, the group of kids that was up there, each of them having their baby. And at the end of them singing away in a manger, they were supposed to come and lay baby Jesus in the manger. And one kid thought the other kids were taking too long, so he just tossed. <laughs> Made it into the manger, and it became a thing in that church that every year after that, the kids saw how far they could throw baby Jesus to get him in the manger. Not a great image, though it was entertaining. That wasn't a great image that first Christmas either. A baby in a manger with the animals around. It's a fascinating picture and understanding of that. My grandparents were farmers, so I spent a lot of time on a farm. Now, I spent a lot of time observing on a farm, not working on a farm. But every summer I would spend a week or two with grandpa and grandma going back and forth between the grandparents. I thought it was because they both loved me so much. I kind of realize now maybe it was because they were hoping the other one would keep me longer. And if you were there, you were going to participate. Any of you have been around a farm or grew up on a farm, you understand if you're there, you work. I didn't mind that. That was fine. So the first time I go out to help collect eggs with my grandma... That was the only day of my visit that grandma had me help collect eggs. 
I thought it was entertaining to get the eggs and see how riled up I could get the chickens. Grandma did not think so. So she sent me to spend time with Grandpa after that first day. And after that second day, Grandpa tried to send me back to Grandma, and she said, no, I did it first. But they were there, and I can remember their pigs and their cows, and I can't imagine the baby being there, but that's where he came. So it was hard for them to picture that he came to save them. But he did. He came to save us. But imagine, if you will, knowing that your purpose is to save people and those people don't even acknowledge who you are. That Christmas and many since then, there are people who know that Jesus came for them, but they're ignoring him. For you see, you have to accept a gift for it to truly be given. A gift can be given to you, but unless you accept it and open it, you haven't really received it, have you? That's the fact that we need to understand. So the question this morning is, have you accepted this salvation for yourself, personally, individually? I couldn't accept my grandparents' salvation. I had to accept my own. I couldn't accept my parents' salvation. I had to accept it for myself. And that's still true today. I want to repeat something here to understand that Jesus came for everyone. When the angel spoke to the shepherds in verses 10 and 11, they said, for all people, I have this good news for all, everyone. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, everyone. There's no trick there. There's no twist of a language. It simply means every single person. The really remarkable thing is to realize Jesus died on the cross and forgave even those who put him there. To realize when you read about Jesus in the New Testament and you see him taking on the role of a servant and washing the disciples' feet, that included Judas, who he knew was about to betray him for 30 shiny coins. See, he came for everyone. It doesn't matter your history, he came for you. It doesn't matter your lineage, he came for you. It doesn't matter what you have or have not done up to this point, he came for you. From the least, the shepherd showed us that, to the highest, Herod ignored that. But that's where he came and why he came. First bed was a manger. And yet he came for everyone. He took a lowly position to show anyone can approach and come to him. Even for those who rejected. You see, he came for those who accepted him and he came for those who rejected him. So the big question is, have you accepted him or rejected him? Have you accepted his salvation and joined with him or ignored it, rejected it, put it off? But I want you to realize too, why all of this happened. This all happened because he loves you. Not in a 
Hallmark greeting card type of way. I mean, true, sacrificial, unconditional, with you through anything and everything. He loves you. John 3.16, for God so loved. This whole thing happened because God loved us. And he still does. He showed his love by how he gave. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. For you see, if you truly love, you will give. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Anyone who will not give and claims to love is a liar. (laughs) That's a contradiction. Loving and giving goes together. Though you can give without love, you cannot love without giving. And we show our love by how we give our time and ourselves. And that's exactly what Jesus did. But as I already said once, this gift must be accepted and opened. Just because someone gave you a gift doesn't mean you received it. If it stays under the tree or in the shelf, on the shelf or unwrapped or unopened, you haven't received the gift. I was reminded this week of, oh, in our first couple years of marriage, one of the places I worked was a department store called Montgomery Ward. They have since gone defunct. They don't exist, as far as I know. I don't even, I mean, do any of you remember Montgomery Ward? Been in one of those? Yeah. Those of you that are too young, Google it when you get home. I worked in one of those stores, and one of the problems in a retail place, those of you that are in it or have worked in retail understand, is you have to do inventory. We had to do it every six months. That means everything that you have must be counted. Everything. In that store that I worked, over in the housewares, small appliance section, that year when they were counting, they discovered a phenomenal thing. As they're going into the storeroom where the back stock was, They're counting the coffee makers. I'm old enough to know what coffee makers are, not a Keurig, et cetera, but I mean a coffee maker where it actually perked. Now I'm really getting old. And they're counting those, and one of them, as they were counting how many of those were in the storeroom, had to move one of the boxes to see how many were behind it. And when they did, it didn't make any noise. It should have. There's metal in there. And even though it was packed well, if you moved it and shook it, it should have made noise and it didn't. So they shook it hard and it made no noise and it was too light. So out of curiosity, they opened the box to find out why this coffee maker was so light and made no noise. Only to find out there was no coffee maker in there. There was a hand made hand crocheted blanket with a note that said Merry Christmas I hope you love the gift I made for you Grandma Grandma had carefully made a blanket thinking of 
the grandchild they were making it for, packing it carefully in one of the boxes they had saved in case they need it, right? It happened to be an empty coffee maker box. So they packed it and wrapped it carefully. And when that grandkid opened it, they thanked grandma for the lovely gift, never opened the box, took it back to Montgomery Ward where it had been purchased and got something else. And it was on the shelf in that store. Grandma gave the gift. But the kid never received it because they never opened it. The same thing is true with Jesus Christ. He has given the gift of salvation. But unless you accept it personally and open it for yourself you haven't actually received it. He did this because he loves you. His love drove him to give it, but we must accept it and open it. But the phenomenal thing about the gift of salvation, the gift of Jesus Christ himself, is that the plan is not just for us to receive it, but for us to share the gift with others. Most of the time, a gift given to you is for you and you alone. In fact, the gift as kids that you always hated was the one that was for all your brothers and sisters. Those of you that aren't only children. We hated those gifts. Didn't really want to share those. I wanted one for me. You know, don't look at me that way. So did you. You wanted one for you. But this is a gift designed to change your life for all of eternity. And it is so phenomenal. The design is for us to share it with others. The shepherd showed us that. When they went and saw Jesus on their way back, they told everyone about it. They couldn't help it. The angel, one angel came to give them the announcement. But while the angel was telling them about the birth of Jesus, a whole army of angels burst forth and started telling about this gift. They began to sing, glory to God in the highest. They couldn't hold it in. That's how we should be. If we have received this gift to share it with others, those closest to us and anyone we possibly can. So I have to ask you this question. What are you doing with this gift? Have you even opened it? So you've received it? If you have, are you sharing it? Letting others know how awesome it is? What are you going to do with this gift? That Christmas, so many ignored it. The question is, what will be true this Christmas? Starting with you. What are you doing with Jesus? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Before I pray, I just wonder if you've accepted this. And if you haven't, if this is the day... You go, yeah, you know, it's time for me to personally accept Jesus. It's time for me individually, not through mom and dad, not through my spouse, not through my kids, not through my parents, not through my grandparents, but for me 
to receive this gift for myself. If that's where you are this morning and you are ready to accept the gift for yourself, would you just raise your hand for a moment? Thank you. So that I can pray for you this week with those who did this last night. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. God bless you. Jesus, thank you for the joy of salvation, for the joy of knowing what you have done and how you have given to us. Oh Lord, may we receive this gift, open this gift, and willingly and generously share it with others. And Lord, I pray especially for those here and at home who are making this choice for themselves right now, that you would come alongside, encourage them, make your presence felt. And Lord, may they let someone else know, me or somebody else, this choice that they've made. Lord, thank you for the story of Christmas that's more than a story. It's the reality. May we live this out to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.